0: It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio, and it's the hump show, which means we're generally upside down. (laughs) But there's a lot that we got to keep track of, so I got to have all my wits and my senses about me. Uh, For these next few hours, everything from NFL trade deadline to World Series Game 3 to college football playoff rankings and the latest suspensions in the Michigan-Michigan State tunnel brawl to yet another chapter in the story of the Brooklyn Nets in this recent era. But Steve Nash bowing out. It's After Hours on CBS Sports Radio. We're live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Do you need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. The Nets started 2-5 and under Steve Nash this season, but it wasn't that long ago after their win over the Pacers on Monday that he was relatively hopeful
1: played hard, or willing to do the extra things, the little things, you know, especially at the end. We had a tired group at the end there,
2: guys playing a lot of minutes and playing a team that flies around, you know, played with pace and fly around, and they stuck with it, stuck with the task, played for each other, you know, rebounded the ball better and, uh, and did so many things better, so really proud of the group's effort.
0: I am not sure there's ever been a coach asked to handle more than what Steve Nash has in two-plus years with the Nets, but that relationship is now over and done with, and I wonder how he's sleeping tonight. Maybe he's relieved. You can find me on Twitter, ALaw Radio. we got a couple of questions out there for you. Uh, well, you can send your questions for Ask Amy Anything, which is next hour. And then also, we want to know which teams around the sports world create an actual, tangible Home field, home court, or home ice advantage. So on Twitter or on Facebook, you can reach us uh, through the next few hours and even when we're not here in studio. For now, though, we're pleased to welcome back to the show Nets and NBA insider Brian Lewis of the New York Post. Let's begin with your reaction, Brian. You're around this team all the time. What did you think when Steve Nash and the Nets decided to go their separate ways?
3: I thought it was a little ahead of schedule. I think everybody that was around the team, well, listen, going back to when Kevin Durant came out and told ownership that he wanted Steve Nash gone, we thought at some point, Kevin's going to get what he wants because he always does. But this was a little ahead of schedule. I think those of us that were around the team figured there's a chance that when they end this next upcoming road trip, Steve Nash might not be the coach this was even quicker than I personally thought.
0: Do you believe Sean Marks when he says this was a mutual decision? To some extent,
3: yes. I mean, I do believe that Steve was acutely aware that not only was the team not performing the way it should have been, but that his messaging may not have been getting through. Uh, And I think he probably realized it hasn't gotten through by now it probably isn't going to get through. Now, as far as would he have been willing to coach further and try to see if he can, I don't know, reach the correct people?
0: Oh, gosh. Maybe. Maybe. Why even bother starting the season with him as the head coach if this was the direction it was going?
3: I asked John Marks that question, and I didn't really get a concise answer. You know, what... If you, if you thought that this was the right move in training camp, then why isn't it the right move now? And I suppose their contention is that they gave it at least some opportunity during the regular season, preseason and regular season. And it was obvious that the team was not going in the correct direction, uh, that they were backsliding, and that they weren't getting the production that they had hoped for. But I think it was fairly obvious that the primary parties, Kevin, Tyree, et cetera, they were not clearly responding, shall we say.
0: You refer to a message or Steve's message. Can you summarize Mm that?
3: Well, listen, we understand that this team is, gifted offensively, but throughout all of Steve's tenure, they haven't had great individual defensive players. This year's team actually has some players that can play individual defense, and yet they've still been horrific defensively. And I don't just mean in terms of physicality. I mean in terms of sacrificing for each other, in terms of being locked in. All right, nobody plays a 48-minute game, but <laughs> locked in for as close as 48 minutes as possible. and That means being mentally aware in the right positions, following the game plan and not pulling away from it at the first sign of trouble. Uh, these are all things that go into being a championship team or at least a contending team, and the Nets have proven unwilling to do almost any of them. So... These are the kind of messages that Steve was trying to get across, uh, trying to drill into people's heads,
0: and it wasn't getting through. So in your opinion, is it because that message was coming from Steve, or is it because the group, the chemistry, still isn't right with the players themselves?
3: That, unfortunately, right now is impossible to answer, and I suppose we'll find out shortly. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I would say this. Jacques Vaughn is the interim. Mm-hmm. Again, good guy. Former NBA head coach. Uh, two-time interim, so I guess he's the Nets version of Herb Williams. <laughs> and he's been their defensive coordinator since Imei Adoka left. All right? So I don't know how much is going to change under Jacques Vaughn. If it changed under Jacques Vaughn, it's not going to be tactical. So that just shows you they just didn't want to play for Steve. Mm -mm. Now, we don't know how many games Jacque is going to get as the interim, and I don't think it would be time to make any significant tactical changes anyway. Um, So we will see once the permanent head coach comes in whether this was the messaging or the messenger.
0: Brian Lewis covers... Everything that is the Nets and their winding road for the New York Post. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence here on CBS Sports Radio. The headline on your column about Steve Nash's tenure ending includes the word mercifully and then in quotes as things came to a head. Are you referring to on the court or does this include everything that's been happening with the Nets like the Kyrie Irving situation?
3: Well, I don't consider the Kyrie Irving situation over. And even when it is, there'll be another one. When I'm saying came to a head, I mean, Sean and Steve, who have a friendship that goes back decades, they've been in constant communication. That's not a new thing. So we're talking about communication over the past week about these guys aren't responding, They're not hearing what I'm saying. I can't drag out of them what I'm trying to drag out of them, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm saying those conversations finally came to a head Mm. and they decided to part ways.
0: The name out there is Ima Udoka, as you've referenced, and he was a part of the staff before he took that Celtics gig. We know what happened with Boston, kind of, at least the fact that it seems like the Celtics were not Interested in bringing him back once the suspension was handed down. What does it take to get him released from Boston and back in Brooklyn?
3: I don't think it will take that much. I do not think this is a situation where Boston would hold Brooklyn hostage uh, in terms of draft compensation and so forth, which, at least to me, tells me. If you have a youngest coach who just led your team to the NBA Finals and you are willing to let him go to a division rival that is loaded with talent and you're willing to let him go with no sort of compensation, that would terrify me as to what I'm not seeing. <laughs> that would scare me hmm. that I'm only seeing the tip of the iceberg. But I don't know. I don't know what the Celtics know. I don't know what it is that we don't know. Uh, But I don't figure it will take a ton of compensation to free him from the rest of his contract and get him to Brooklyn. I don't think that's going to be a difficult hurdle to clear.
0: Neither of us can speak to the details, and there's only a handful of people who actually know what happened, the Celtics keeping that under wraps. But in terms of basketball, we know what an impact Ime had on the Celtics, especially in the second half at the point at which they were 500. He focused on the defense. Obviously, the Nets' major weakness. And they took off like a meteorite, and they were able to reach the NBA Finals. The team really responded to him. And there is a pre-existing relationship with some of the Nets, at least with the organization. What do you know or what do you remember about covering him with the Nets?
3: I think it would be challenging to find a better fit. I will tell you that players respond to him. Players not just liked him, but they respected his coaching acumen. They respected uh, the work that he had put in as a player. And I'm not necessarily talking about being a guy who's going to, who was going to walk into the hall of fame on a cloud like Steve was, (laughs) but just the fact that this was a guy who had been through the grind and understood. Okay, fine. He understands what it is to be a player, but he also understands what it is to be a coach and work his way up as a coach. And they play for him. And as far as his defensive mind, he was a solid defensive mind in Philadelphia. He was, a guy who learned uh, from the best in Popovich, he made a Nets team that was devoid of defensive players look halfway respectable defensively when they played and reached the Eastern Conference semifinals against Milwaukee. So I don't think there's any question as far as
0: his coaching acumen, any of the
3: questions regarding e or Doka, none of them are involved with his ability to coach.
0: Brian Lewis of the New York Post is with us after hours on CBS Sports Radio. So we'll wait to find out how that drops and when, because it sounds like it could happen fairly quickly in this exchange with Boston. Uh, But getting back to the team, the the last time you and I spoke, we were in the throes of Kyrie, whether or not he would pick up his option, and then boom, right on the heels of him doing that, Kevin Durant asked for a trade. You already mentioned this conversation that he had with Josiah about trying to get Steve Nash and Sean Marks ousted. That didn't happen. (laughs) So here we are, one big happy family, though minus Steve Nash. Is all of that forgotten, Brian? Brian? Forgotten by whom? By the team? By by, I don't know, by the locker room, (laughs) by the general manager, by the owner? Are they just agreeing to let all of that be in the past?
3: I don't think they have a choice. Here's the thing. (laughs) Good point. They, They don't have better options. Kevin Durant's not a fool. He looked around at the landscape, and he realized the Nets are not giving him away for nothing. And he also realized that if the Nets could extract even close to the price that they wanted, the team that he's going to is going to be a picked-over carcass, and he's going to be playing by himself. And the Nets, they never wanted to trade him. They grudgingly did their due diligence and said, okay, what's out there that we could pry away from other teams? What's our asking price? What could possibly be our guest. And then they looked and they said, None of these deals are to our liking. Yeah, it's an uneasy marriage. Uh you might say it's a marriage of convenience, mm. but it's certainly better than the option. And I think all sides realize that.
0: Wow. It's it's just amazing to me that so much happened and yet the only person that ends up on the outside looking in is Steve Nash.
3: <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. Yeah, that's about the size of it.
0: Though. Yeah. Brian, what about this situation with Kyrie? I don't know that it falls on the nets. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. It seems like we haven't heard much from the NBA. I know he deleted the tweet with the link to this particular movie that's been inflammatory to Jewish groups. And we've seen some people sitting courtside who are protesting. Are you expecting anything else to happen with Kyrie and the team or the league?
3: You're correct we have not heard much from the league. Uh, The league had a statement which conspicuously did not name Kyrie. Right. The Nets had a statement which conspicuously did not name Kyrie. Uh, Finally, today, the Players Union had a statement uh, which did not name Kyrie. Uh, The only person slash entity that named Kyrie directly was Nets owner Joe Tsai and that came on Friday which was after Joe had spoken to the CEO of the Anti-Defamation League personally. So I would say where it stands now is nobody has suspended Kyrie. Nobody that we know of has fined Kyrie. The Nets haven't bench Kyrie or Sat Kyrie it should be pointed out if anybody tried to suspend Kyrie or even fine Kyrie in all likelihood the union would react strongly he's been vice president of the union since 2020 so it's fairly obvious that they would react strongly to that that doesn't mean that you can't sit Kyrie you don't have to suspend him you could suspend him but if you, if you figure that's a bridge too far and you don't feel like dealing with the legal drama, you could just simply have him be a DNP coach's decision. Right. You could say, we're resting him. We played him 40 minutes the other day and he took a lot of punishment. We're going to arrest Kyrie for his own good. And when Sean Marks was asked, was that in the cards? No, apparently not. It's very interesting that he said today, he acknowledged that Kyrie's nine-minute conversation in the postgame didn't go well, and that they weren't having him speak to the media until, quote, cooler heads prevailed, unquote, and to let the situation simmer down. There's certainly nothing to stop them from taking the same tack with his playing time.
0: Right. (laughs) Right?
3: They could then, if they're giving him a break from the big bad media to let things simmer down, to let cooler heads prevail, they could give him a break from his playing time, but they're not doing that. So I wouldn't expect to see anything happen. Now, what I would tell you is this. Uh, It is feasible that he could sit down and have a meeting uh, with the ADL. That's not impossible. And I did report that uh, he sent part of his delegation to meet with the ADL. I don't know whether a personal one-on-one meeting is going to follow up. I suppose that could depend on how well this initial meeting went. I would say this entire situation isn't over. I'd say it's ongoing. And this is something uh, that's probably not going away immediately. We could still be following the story a little while from now.
0: Where in the world does basketball fall in all of this, Brian? It seems like it's such a low priority. Uh,
3: Unfortunately, that is the case. (laughs) You're not wrong. You're not wrong. The Nets do drama far better than they do basketball right now.
0: That is the line, Brian. That is the line. The Nets do drama far better than they do basketball right now. I'm going to have to use that over and over again, but don't you worry. I'll give you credit. (laughs) You can find Brian on Twitter at New York or NY post underscore Lewis covers both the Nets and the NBA for the New York post. And gosh, we're going to stop meeting like this. At some point, we'll just talk actual basketball, Brian, but I appreciate your time as always.
3: Oh, anytime. Thanks for having me.
0: So there are still more questions than answers, but at least the Brooklyn Nets chapter authored by steve nash is now officially done steve was a consultant in different organizations prior to taking this job with the nets he was with the golden state warriors they've been known to take people back after they try other jobs so we'll see if that happens He's still a well-respected mind, and I can imagine there are some people who actually feel sorry for what he's had to go through over the past couple of years. He didn't ask for this. Now he did take the job, and this is the NBA, but he didn't ask for all of this. And I also appreciate what Brian had to say about Kyrie. Not only is this not the end, because we haven't had any definitive response from either the Nets or the NBA or the Union other than these vague statements, but... If it's not this, it'll be something else with Kyrie. And if they tried to bench him or keep him away from the team for a while, there's always the chance that as volatile as he is, he just takes off because that's what he does. He reserves the right to disappear for long stretches of time without telling anyone. So you're you're dealing with essentially an emotional powder keg, and we haven't heard the end of that part. But I gotta wonder if there's some relief for Steve Nash tonight. Maybe. I mean, no doubt there are questions about what did I do wrong? What could I have done differently? Uh, He's highly competitive. He's very intelligent. He lives in this basketball world. I know that would be me. Gosh, where did I go so horribly wrong? What should I have done differently? The second guessing, the replays, but there's also got to be some relief. It's no longer his problem. He no longer has to sit in front of the media and compensate and justify Nope, he can breathe. On Twitter, a radio on our Facebook page, After Hours with Amy Lawrence, you can send your questions for Ask Amy Anything. We're about, oh, let's say an hour and 20 minutes away from that little uh, feature that we've had going for so long here on the show. Uh, straight ahead, your last chance to hear the candidates for TD of the week, and we'll dive into the NFL trade deadline. Thanks for hanging out with us this middle show of the work week. It's
1: Your favorite NFL team is getting ready for a new season of football. From OTAs to minicamp, Odyssey is your home for local sports talk and coverage all off-season long. Get updates on key storylines, rapid reactions, rookie reports, and more. For people who know the team the best, it's always football season with Odyssey. Stream the shows you love on your computer, phone, smart speaker, or in the car with Android Auto or Apple CarPlay.
0: After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio.
2: You are listening to the After Hours Podcast. It's a Touchdown Tuesday on After Hours. Firing for the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! Touchdown!
0: Takes it himself to the power. Touchdown! One man to beat him. He's gone! They throw in the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! See the guy. This. He's inside the five. He's to the three to one. Tops the
1: center, into the end
2: zone. Touchdown! To cast your vote for the TD of the week, head to After Hours CBS on Twitter or give us a call at 855 212 4227. The Dallas Cowboys. So it's third and 16 at the Chicago 19. Fields in the gun. Back to throw, Parsons coming, he flushes out left, he stops, he dumps it short to the 25, still moving Montgomery, fumble the ball, recovered by Dallas,
0: Micah Parsons is on the ball, and he's he's still alive, he's still running, he's still moving with the ball, to the 10, to the 5, to the goal line, Parsons recovered a fumble and brought it all the way back.
2: The San Francisco 49ers. Kittle ins- is inside of Ayuk, right? They motion McCaffrey backwards pass to McCaffrey and he's going to throw down field wide open. Brandon Ayuk,
0: touchdown! San Francisco, he Ayuk, can run. Ayuk, he can Ayuk, catch.
2: He can fire. Fired. Christian McCaffrey can throw. The Seattle Seahawks. Gino going to throw again on first down, pump fake, gonna throw deep, got a man in the corner, it is it. Touchdown! Seahawks! What a drive led by Geno Smith! The Carolina
1: Panthers. Walker remains in the gun, three-man rush, takes the snap, drops back, rolls to his left, he's flushed, loads up, airs it deep downfield for dj moore behind his man oh, oh my, my god, god. He yeah. caught. He caught the ball <laughs> dj
0: moore cool. caught the ball how did that happen oh my goodness <laughs> touchdown carolina this is amazing how did that happen indeed we don't often include touchdowns for our td of the week poll that weren't for winning teams or game winners and man it looked for all the world as though pj to dj would be a game winner in that battle of the nfc south as it turns out dj Moore incurs the penalty for taking off his helmet the extra point is missed they go into overtime and ultimately the falcons win that game but it was one heck of a throw from pj in fact None other than Patrick Mahomes described today's the best touchdown throw in the NFL this season by far. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Those are your candidates on Cowboys Radio with Brad Sham, on Niners Radio with Greg Papa and Tim Rice, Seahawks Radio with Steve Rabel, and then Carolina Panthers Radio with Anise Shroff. So, you can still vote. I'm uh, going to retweet this now. It's on our show Twitter, After Hours CBS, or uh, you can find it on my Twitter as well, A Law Radio. We're also taking your questions for Ask Amy Anything. Uh, and <laughs> we've got. Another kind of show question out there, which I think is is interesting when you think, when you consider or think or watch what's happening with the Phillies, who have definitely carved out a home field advantage that is formidable through the course of the last month here in the playoffs. So around the sporting world, don't care what sport, which teams actually do create this tangible home field, home court, or home ice advantage. Uh, so either our social media sites, you can respond there as well. And our phone number is 855-212-4227. That's toll free. Marco Belletti here in studio. We're glad to have him back. He was not with us on Halloween night Uh, but you had a a monkey and a banana to take care of. And Mm -hmm. then I forgot the uh, dinosaur. No. What was the other? Grim Reaper. Grim Reaper. That's right. It fits so well with a monkey and a banana. Mm -hmm. Uh, So how was your trick-or-treating experience on Halloween?
1: Uh, Awesome. I'm going to give you this little story and preface it by saying I realize I'm completely out of shape. However... Uh, go into the little uh, you know, Halloween party for my son in the morning, which was cool. Like you just go and you stand, they walk around, and then they go inside. It's like twenty minutes. School? So, yeah, at yeah, school. After school yeah, yeah, they just walk around like the little parade thing, and you get to see all the <laughs> kids in the different costumes, and it's fun. So it's like, oh, me and my wife. It's only a half a mile. I'm like, I oh, will walk. Take the stroller. You know, my daughter. She's only two. Okay, walk half a mile there. Walk walk half a mile back. No problem. Not a big deal, right? This is my my workout for basically the weeks. So you know that's <laughs> about good for me, right? So then after school is done. The plan was we were going to meet at one of the parents' house, like 12, 15 kids. They were all going to go trick-or-treating together, you know, friends from school. Sure, no problem. So we go. My wife, take my daughter, who's the monkey, uh, my son, the Grim Reaper. They go. They start walking. I'm thinking we're going around the block, right? Like, where are we going? Trick-or-treating. About, you know, 20 minutes away. All right, and we'll get done. So I didn't bring the stroller. Nothing. We're just walking. Hour and a half later, I'm like, "Oh, <gasps> um." At some point, I'm holding my daughter's about thirty-two pounds, roughly, in a full monkey costume. It's sixty-some degrees. I got my flannel. because like, "Oh, it might be chilly." Yeah, oh my I'm gosh. Su- I'm pouring sweat. We've gone at least two miles. I have no idea where the hell we are because we're in a neighborhood now. Should I know my neighborhood better than this? Of course I don't. So who's carrying my- all the candy? My son is running from house to house with the other kids. So they're like flying. We're wind up. I picked up my daughter because she was walking the first couple houses. We wound up like six behind. I'm uh-huh. like, all right, I got to get her because we're never going. She's two. I mean, I'm yeah. fast she's going to go. So I picked her up, and I'm trying to walk a little bit faster. I'm at least four houses behind, and that's with every once in a while one parent somewhere along the line yelling, slow down, stop. Can you wait till you get to the end? Like These kids were out of control running, which I'm glad they're having a good time. <laughs> However, my fat ass was exploding <laughs> in sweat, and I thought I was going to pass out, oh, holding no. my daughter, like, trying to carry after that.
0: That sounds like fun.
1: Here's what I found out, and this is what I was unaware of. There's a muscle in the front of your shin. <laughs> I was unaware. This thing still hurts. Yes. Now, I'm try- every time I put my foot down, I'm trying to just bend it out a little bit, because yeah. they are both completely and totally shot.
0: They're barking at
1: you. I feel like I'm going to... My shin and my calf are gonna explode with every step I take.
0: Oh no. Yeah, now
1: obviously I gotta get into shape. I'm aware of that.
0: That's However, a, it's a good opportunity yeah. right here. It's a good start.
1: Not in one day, nor should I be carrying 30 plus pounds that's in a full monkey costume. <laughs> In 65 degree weather, where I was sweating, oh, I mean, profusely. I can't believe you were
0: wearing one of your signature flannels.
1: Profusely. Oh man! Again, I was—I thought we were going around the block. Yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, we'll walk hand in hand. I'll go to the door with, you know, my wife's like, oh, I'm the banana. I'll go up there with my daughter. That's, you know, the monkey. It Makes sense. Okay, yeah, I'll stay back. We got one house. I'm looking up. I'm like, whoa, we're way behind. I gotta pick her up, and then gone. Two miles <laughs> later.
0: Two miles.
1: I'm, not kidding, I'm not, ki- not kidding you. Two
0: miles of oh, trigger trading.
1: I'm not kidding you. Two miles. It took us about an hour and a half to two hours, and I had to go somewhere else afterwards. I had to go to my parents to meet my sister and my nephew. We were late, obviously, because I thought we were going to be done in like 45 minutes to an hour. We got back to the car. It was almost like finding, you know, gold. And they were like, "Come the on six. in!" I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. There's no in." You know, in the car, let me sit down. I got to get out of here.
0: Oh, man.
1: Luckily, we didn't have to go trick-or-treating after that. I was thrilled with just the one.
0: Oh, my goodness. Well, what about your son? How did the Grim Reaper do?
1: He was awesome. He had a good time. He got a full, I mean, bucket. I can't even explain to you how much candy he got.
0: Well, where is it? Did you bring some for us? Uh, Jay loves candy.
1: uh, I would love to say I'm going to, but I can't. I did notice that he, while he was doing his homework today when he came home from school, all of a sudden I looked up, I'm like, bud, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, I got the, the bucket in case I want some. I'm like, how many have you had? No, 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 you can't have. He brought the whole bucket up with him by his in his room while he was doing homework. And he's just like picking at it. Oh while he- my I'm like, yeah, no, bro. What would you have, like six? I'm like, that's enough. <laughs> I'm like, you're done for the he day. Thought you
0: thought it was all his? I, it is all
1: his. I'm not going to take it from him. But you can't have it in one day.
0: You're eight. You can't have it in one year, really. Well, that's what I'm saying.
1: well, which we said to him when we first got it, we're like, "This should last you till next Halloween." Yes. The thing is enormous. I mean, I can't.
0: So you can't share any with us.
1: With you, I don't want to hear him. No. How's he going
0: to know if there's like five pieces missing? <laughs>
1: You'd be stunned. <laughs> he's eight. This is all he's got. <laughs> Come on.
0: Nah, he's got you wrapped around his finger. That's true,
1: <laughs> but he's well aware. If you t- honestly, if you took one out. Because he was saying it the other day, he also like he's a tech, detective, he looks through the garbage and he says like, oh, why is there a rapper? I'm like, I don't know. Ask your mother. Like, I didn't take <laughs> <laughs> it. I'll, I'll tell you if I take it. I'm not going to hide it from you. Wow. I don't know. Yeah, he's like he's me all over. with my
0: Sports Illustrated when I was a kid. I hid them in my closet, but they were stacked up in order. I knew exactly how they were arranged. If my brother went in there and tried to steal the swimsuit issue, I knew when even a page yep. was out of place. Yes,
1: I he, knew. he knows anything that's out of order in the house at all times.
0: Wow! He's so, got a beautiful mind?
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know if it's like an OCD thing or if he truly is just kind of like very observant and yes. doesn't like, I don't know. But he knows. If you if you move something and it's his, he knows where it is, where it Ooh. should be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So now I have to be like detective on the other side of it. So if I move something, I, I gotta know where it was so I can put it back in the right <laughs> spot just because basically I'm lazy and I don't want to hear about it. That's all it is. It's like, I don't want to hear about it. There's enough stuff during the day. I don't need this.
0: No, that's fun, though. I'm glad that you survived and got some exercise and your son had a blast and the monkey did too.
1: Yeah, she had a good... I was stunned that she actually put the monkey suit on and she had a good time for the whole thing. Aww. I was surprised because my daughter can... I mean, she's two. So she could be in her moods. She was great the I whole mean, day. she's
0: female. We can all be in our moods. She's two. When you
1: get... <laughs> I mean, like, you know, her favorite word is no. So, like, I get it. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, I was concerned that she was going to be a holy mess through the whole thing she was great during Aww. all of it uh, the only thing that I, I didn't like was every once in a while was you know Mads can I put you down and she just left me <laughs> no <laughs>
0: <laughs> alright no yeah. okay. no daddy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm done walking. Thank you. That was you. pretty much it. Yeah. And it was kind
1: of like, oh, you know, and she wasn't concerned that I was going to pass out. That's not her problem.
0: No, that's really sweet. Uh, I kind of feel like this is good for you. It's a good place to start. You already kind of broke the seal, got back into exercise. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> probably not.
1: Okay. That'd be cool and all,
0: but let's would, be realistic. You can do not. it. A walk probably
1: around not. the block every day. Look at that. Let's just keep it up. I'm more than cool with walking. Two miles. Two hours, holding 30 pounds worth of
0: fur. All right, so dialing back some fur. Yes. fur. It's Monkeys fur. She was a fur. full monkey outfit, head to toe. Fur. It's fur. It's hair, not fur.
1: I don't know. It was hot <laughs> is what it was.
0: Yes, no doubt. I sometimes remember that's how my dog feels when it's hot because she's wearing not only an undercoat right. but a full hairy coat on top of that. Well, we're glad you survived. You're here. Uh, I still say you could probably sneak us a few pieces of candy. Uh, yeah,
1: I don't need to hear that. I'll uh, buy you candy before uh, I right, worry about. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I'll get a bag and bring it in. I don't need to hear nice. his nonsense.
0: All right, it's after hours on CBS Sports Radio. The biggest moves of the NFL treat deadline moving forward.
2: You are listening to the After Hours podcast.
3: This is five
1: man pressure steps away from it for a moment, then he goes down back to the 21 yard line. And that was Bradley Chubb. Trubisky in the gun. Najee stands to his left, wide side to his right, double slot that way. Long count gets the snap. He's back. Fires for the end zone. Touchdown. Yeah. Jamal Williams, the single back behind Goff. Goff turns, fakes to Jamal, rolls left, throws, Enzo caught! Touchdown Detroit Lions, TJ Hawkinson! Oh, that hard run fake did it again because his Goff rolled. He saw 88 all by himself.
2: This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
0: It was a fairly busy NFL trade deadline. We'd seen a couple of moves leading up to Tuesday afternoon, but bigger names moving just before the deadline expired on Broncos radio. Dave Logan, Pittsburgh Steelers radio, Bill Hillgrove, and then Dan Miller on Lions radio. It's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS sports radio. Uh, certainly. If you want to call, you can, there's a lot happening in the world of sports, the net situation, which doesn't have anything to do with Kyrie and his personal drama that he's created on his own. I hate to to call it that because it makes it almost makes it sound uh, like it's light and it's funny, and none of it is funny. Uh, it's definitely complicated as it usually is with Kyrie., uh, but that's happening. We've got the first round of college football playoff rankings, the World Series game three. Uh, and then, of course, we've got. Uh, the NFL trade deadline. And so I want to dive into that. Some QB news at the top of the hour, but let's get to some of the bigger moves. Here's Tom Pellicero on NFL Network. The Broncos trading away pro bowler Bradley Chubb to Miami.
2: Bradley Chubb was the name that kept coming up that everyone believed was going to be traded. Just because of how Denver had approached these things, it became apparent that they had a first-round pick on the table. It was really a matter of hammering out the rest of the compensation. So they also pick up running back Chase Edmonds in the deal. That's not unsubstantial considering the losses that they've had at the position this year with Javante Williams going down. Of course, you've had to bring in Latavius Murray and Marlon Mack. Melvin Gordon has dealt with a variety of different injuries. So you get another guy who was productive in his days in Arizona here. But really, this was about, for Denver, making sure they could replenish the stockpile of picks. They gave up a lot to get Russell Wilson. Now they get a first-round pick back, depending what direction things go for the 49ers, who the pick originally belonged to. uh, This could end up being a lower pick in the first round. But it's more capital for the Broncos here as they move forward. And moving on from a guy who, if he had stayed in Denver, was going to get a massive deal that is expected to be upwards of $20 million per year. You
1: know, it is the business side of it. I understand that. It, uh, it sucks at the moment, but it's just because of guys I'm leaving back, the, the, the relationships I built over these past couple of years. And just like walking into this facility every day, is going to be different to going to a different one, but I'm excited about the new journey God has for me and for me and my family, so I'm looking forward to it. Kind of just all come to a halt, you know what I mean? And even earlier today, I was kind of up in the air, how I should feel and stuff like that, so now it's, it's good to be in the right state of mind and understand what, what the task at hand is down and just go out there and execute.
0: That's Bradley Chubb, and he is honest about his emotions and having mixed emotions as the Broncos trade him away to the Dolphins. That's from the YouTube channel for viral news. So as he was leaving the Broncos facility, uh, there were microphones that were stuck in his face, and Tom Pellicero indicates this was about draft picks. It was about the Broncos trying to make up for the number of draft picks they traded away in the Russell Wilson deal. Oi. Oy. Could that get any worse? I hate this for the Broncos. Their defense was what was giving them a chance to win games, keeping them in games. They already let Von Miller go last year, and Bradley Chubb, an outside linebacker who had learned underneath Von Miller, was making a major impact when he was healthy. There were a couple of stints where he was not healthy. Um, but the Broncos wanted to get picks back, and so they do get a package that includes a first-round pick next year. And it's one that Miami had had available because of a trade with the San Francisco 49ers. Miami also brings in uh, Jeff Wilson, so 49ers, <laughs> a separate deal. But they get a fifth-round pick in exchange, Um, and Jeff Wilson is very familiar with Mike McDaniel, of course, because McDaniel uh, was there as the offensive coordinator in San Francisco. And then Raheem Mostert, who used to be his backfield mate there in San Francisco, right? So now you've got two former Niners running backs who are with Mike McDaniel on the Dolphins' staff. And Wilson's had a huge impact already, close to 500 yards this season. So those are some bigger names. But, yes, the Chase Claypool caught me off guard a little bit. This one I wasn't expecting. He ends up with the Chicago Bears, and here's their general manager, Ryan Poles.
3: I am excited about this player. You know, I really like the way that our offense is, is starting to come together and move. I thought it was important to add another impact player to our offense to go along with the guys that we currently have in the receiver room right now. Um, I like the way Justin is trending, and I think adding another um, big body who's physical, explosive, great leaping ability, can stretch the field, but also is, is violent with the ball in his hand as well as a blocker, I think that enhances everyone around him.
0: I shouldn't say I wasn't expecting it. His name was certainly out there. It was still a little bit jarring to see it, though, uh, because of all the transition around the Steelers' offense. Um, And there's this idea that the Steelers are kind of waving the white flag, but I don't believe that about Mike Tomlin. And I think the rookie, Kenny Pickett, needs more options, not fewer. But the Steelers... In exchange, get a second round pick, um, and that's Chicago's own second round pick, and so it could be a relatively high pick. QB News is next here, after hours, CBS Sports Radio.